Hey guys, this is Renee from Throwing Down on this podcast. We talk to AEW's own Dustin Rhodes, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. We talk about his match at Battle of the Belts against Sammy Guevara. We talk about what he's doing for the new crop of talent coming in. We also talk about the Rhodes Wrestling Academy. This man does it all. Here's Dustin. Throwing down Renee and Angela here today, and we are joined right now from All Elite Wrestling, one of the absolute best to do it. Dustin Rhodes, hi. Goodness. How, how are you doing? Hey. I'm good. Yeah? Um, first and foremost, how does your body feel after Battle of the Belts? It feels, it feels okay. Um, it usually takes me, I don't know about anymore. It takes me about a week to recover from something like that. But it doesn't hit me till almost two days later. So today is when I, when I really get sore. So today I'm a little sore. How did you feel? Do you do you always go back and watch everything? Have you watched this match with Sammy Guevara yet? Or do you see the moments online? I do not watch my stuff back because, and I never have. It's, I'll watch my promos, but I won't watch any of my matches because I'll pick it apart and I'll just find something that always, um, that, you know, in retrospect, I could go and say, well, that looked like crap or <laughs> I don't need to do that anymore. So I don't. I just don't watch them. Well, Dustin, I would say that the internet was truly giving you your flowers after this match with Sammy Guevara. But while everyone is jumping on the Dustin Rhodes bandwagon, I just want you to know, and I'm sure you can confirm it, that I've been saying this for years, that you are my favorite wrestler that I am not married to. <laughs> I know. I, and you are my nene. I love you to death. <laughs> How cool is it, though, that you've, I mean, you've been in the game for so long. God, when you, like, first started as the natural Dustin Rhodes to the different versions that we've seen of you throughout your career and different promotions here and there and whatnot, the fact that you are going at the level that you are going, what, how do you do that? What is it a testament to? I don't know, to be honest with you, man. <laughs> I don't know what keeps me going. I guess, you know, my dad, he just... He, he instilled the keep stepping line in me and it just kind of stuck with me. And it's just, if you sit, you die, you know, you just got, you got to keep moving. So that's really kind of what I'm trying to focus on doing is not withering up at 52 years old and sitting down and just staying mobile and move as much as I can and go to the gym every day and just try to stay loose, I guess, yeah. in a sense, somewhat fit. That, that, that makes sense. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, you're right. As soon as you stop moving is when, like, you know, stuff starts to set mm -hmm. in and maybe start to that. feel a little bit more. Um, how about the decision for this Canadian destroyer through the table? How the hell did that happen? How did you pull that off? Holy crap. I don't understand why everybody's giving that such a big deal. I mean, they do <laughs> it all the time. But to see, I guess, a 52-year-old do that off the apron through a table is – somewhat shocking to people and i understand um i was a little leery of it as we were looking at it during the day because of the angle and i'm stepping on the apron and the rope is behind me and i don't want my feet to get caught because i got those long ass legs you know yeah. and, and i was really kind of worried about it but then we've done so many dangerous things in our in our career right you know 33 years i've done so much and i just was like you know what i think it's going to be fine but the table was so angled and it was just an awkward position because I'm so tall and I was so terrified that my legs were going to get stuck. 
and then I'm going to go straight down through my head through the table and hit my head and just break my neck or something stupid. But it ended up, I mean, as, as perfect as possible. I mean, you know, everybody was protected. Everybody was safe and nobody got injured. And it was just a, oh, my God moment. It was very cool. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. It was so amazing to see. What did you learn about Sammy Guevara in this matchup? I, I've learned a lot about Sammy uh, since our first encounter, which was uh, close to two years ago, I guess, or a year and a half. He was a little stiffer. He was, you know, very new to the business, and he has come such a long way in our three, um, our three matches. The second match was a good one. The first one, we've done three separate Canadian destroyers. The first one was in the ring. The second match was on the apron. And the third one now through the table off of the apron, which is kind of cool. But Sammy has come a long way and he's a tremendous asset to our company. He's only going to get better. And he's so young. He's got such a bright future. Very proud of him. He's a good kid. Just needs to get his head on straight. And he's going to take over the world. You know, he's, he's really good. He's, he's pretty smooth and, he has gotten so much better from our first meeting. You have always been one of those guys that takes people under your wing. You always take <clears throat> in those younger wrestlers. You also work with the women really, really closely. Um, why, like, why have you decided to give so many people so much of your time? I mean, I, I know that the business is all about giving back and whatnot, but what is it that you see in, in some of these younger talents that kind of you know keeps you going or keeps you motivated? Yeah. So 10 years ago, I, w I wouldn't be thinking like I am right now. It's all about, okay, what, what is, what can I do to get to the next level or continue my strive for greatness? Right. And after 33 years, man, and you come here and I've done just about everything imaginable in pro wrestling. I've wrestled everybody. I mean, there's not too many people I haven't wrestled, done a lot of things. Tony Khan has taken me under his wing. He treats me as an attraction, which is incredible. And I love it. And he puts me in prime positions to, to hold ratings. And I've done a very good job of that and have not uh, faltered in that. So I'm very proud of that. So when he does choose and call on me, he throws me in this position and I deliver. And I know I can. And it's a, it's a really cool thing to feel wanted, desired, loved, cared for, respected here. Um, it's a lot different than it was at the other place. And uh, it's, it feels like a respect here. And the last couple, two or three years is when it kind of clicked into my head that, and I've always loved women's wrestling. I love women's wrestling almost as much, or if not more than men's wrestling, because I want them to get to the level that all the guys are at. I think they deserve that. And I think that sometimes it is not fair that they don't get those chances. And now they're starting to get those chances and whether it be them growing in the ring and learning how to do the very best they can. I love that. It is a challenge to me. I work with them every single week. We have training sessions and I love to watch them grow and where they have come in the last two years during this pandemic and during everything, they've come such a long ways. And, that's not me. I mean, it's not just me, but it's, it's a whole team of people, but I work with them very closely. And I think there's a, an understanding between us and they, they understand me. They respect me. They listen to me. They're very coachable. They're learning lots of things. They're learning really 
truly how to sell, how to tell stories, how to really work that camera, how to do the very necessary things to get them over as young superstars. Mm -hmm. And they're only going to get better. And I love it. I love to give back now and see the thing about it now, the payoff for me is not about the stardom, about the money, about any of those things, which is, those are great things. And those are necessary things in life. But when I teach them something and they see it and they really want to learn it and they're passionate and Jade is a great example of this. Oh my gosh. I take them under my wing so much and it's, they, they want to learn so much and it's just, you know, they're not there yet, you know, but they're getting there and it just, they Mm -hmm. want it now. But when they go (laughs) out, when I teach them how to do a certain something and they do it and they, you see this smile on their face, that's the payoff for me. When they, when, that I that I've taught them and they, you see it perform on television they pull it off and the crowd responds that is the payoff for me and that is me giving back to the business and the guys too I work with Will Hobbs a couple of the young kids and they're they're stepping up you know and everybody's like there's a couple of kids like Lee Johnson and and uh, Julia they call me grandpa or pops and I don't <laughs> like but it is what it is and Hobbs calls me pops so everybody has a good respect for me and they, they listen and I lead them in the right direction because that's not something that uh, I'm going to do is lead them down a path to where it could be destructive for them or yeah. make them look really genuinely want the best for each of these kids. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And uh, hello, uh, MMA fighter here. And there's a lot of similarities with women's MMA and women's wrestling. We haven't had as many mentors like you who are going to give us the benefit of the doubt and are going to nurture us. But now that we've become bigger in the MMA scene, a lot of coaches have said that women are almost more culture, more coachable, sorry, than the men. And you kind of touched on that as well, saying that the women that you work with, they just light up and they're, they're like sponges. They want to take in everything that you have to offer. Have you felt that way as well, that the women are just, maybe it's, it could be the feminine way that we think, or it could just be the eagerness to have something that we were denied for so long. But do you see the same thing in, in the wrestlers that you take under your wing? I do. And I think it is a big part of they have been denied and that mm-hmm. that's a word there and they're getting these opportunities now. And that's important. That is so important. You know, I'm, I want to get them to where they have two matches on dynamite or two matches on rampage and yeah, it's not fair, but we're getting there. We're getting there. We're making leaps and bounds. And the female talent that are coming in are very athletic. Mm. And, you know, in some cases are just as good, if not better than some of the guys, you know. And that's that's awesome. I love that. And that's the challenge for me that I really like to take on. Not just for the ladies, but I specifically like working with the ladies because they really are very, very coachable and understand and want and are very passionate about what we're doing here and what we're growing to be. And it's just, it's really cool to see them light up and succeed in a, in a way that the guys already do, you know. Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser, and I've got a new podcast, In Conversation, where I'll draw from 45 years of covering the Final Four, the NBA Finals, Wimbledon, the World Series, the Super Bowl, the Olympics. CBS even sent me to the fall of the Berlin Wall. I think you'll enjoy the give and take, so subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included in most subscriptions.
Guys, we are joined by AEW's Dustin Rhodes. Dustin, talk to me about Rhodes Wrestling Academy. I mean, as if you don't have enough going on with being on the road with AEW, having these amazing matches, but you also have your own wrestling school. What's going on down there? We do, man. We've been in business just right now over a year, and we just started our fourth camp this past weekend. Doing good. I've had some some of the kids go on dark and elevation, and uh, they've done really well. And they keep coming back and they keep calling them back. So, you know, that's that's all I can do is try to teach them and get them prepared for pro wrestling, pro wrestling and for them to continue to mm-hmm. challenge themselves and train as much as possible and go to different schools, work as much as possible on the independent, independent scene so that they can get a shot at an AEW or a WWE or New Japan or something like that because opportunities are out there if you want them. Mm-hmm. And my school yeah. says, lives here and he does. And I teach that and I really am hands on with these kids and I love the teaching aspect and I don't know where it came from, but in the last three years, it just bam like that. And I just said, you know what, it's time for me to open a school and here we are and they're doing good. They listen, they learn. I teach them very basic stuff, you know, and then as we progress a little bit, we start to dive in a little more of the intricate stuff and I do have advanced classes after they go through the basic course. And, uh, you know, they just try to get them prepared for it if they really want it. But you see who wants it. You see who doesn't after a couple of weeks. Yeah. After a couple of weeks, they're like, eh, this isn't for me. And I can tell right <laughs> off. I can tell <laughs> right That first bump really hurt. <sighs> Not sure I want to do that. Dude, look at their face. <laughs> this week, this brand new. I was like, third day, I was like, okay, time for this. And then hitting the ropes, too. They're like, oh, this is easy. And then they hit the ropes. It's airplane cable. It's, you know, it hurts like hell, but yeah. your body used to it. But they're like, I'm watching them grimace as they're hitting the ropes and I'm making them hit them 20 times. <laughs> and it's, they're hating life like crazy. And I do this, I do, I do this broom drill and it's, it just, it blows them up so bad. I put a broom in the middle of the uh, ring and I call her Karen. And I say, don't touch Karen. Everybody hates Karen, right? <laughs> Karen in the internet, everything. Karen, yes. so don't. And they got to drop down and they got to do it for two minutes and they got to keep oh. jumping over and they're dying. And they're just like, they had some pukers already this weekend. Nice. You're going to puke. Oh my gosh. Well, Dustin, before I let you go, I feel like it would be remiss to not ask you about this. I mean, because you've been, you know, you, you've been in the business for such a long time. You've had some great relationships with people throughout this business. What would you like to see William Regal do now that he is a free agent in the wrestling world? God, man, what, I've known Regal for so, so long, ever since I got in the business. Um, he is a true asset to any company that wants him because he is so knowledgeable, so, so knowledgeable. And he is very hands-on, but he's also the type of person who is going to say, hey, man, that's the shits, that's the shits. And I love that. I don't like sugarcoating. You know, if something's bad, something's bad. And some of these, you know, our girls' matches is like that. I rate them from one to 10 and they understand that that scale and then explain to them why it was between, you know, it was a seven instead of a 10 and the things that they could do better. William Regal's like that very hands-on. He knows storytelling. He knows camera work. He knows God, British holds. He knows so much, so knowledgeable. He taught, taught me so much when we were just starting. It's like a simple arm holds or something that he'll transition into something to where he is selling and I think I'm supposed to be selling. That's how smooth. Really unbelievable. So he would be 
a true asset to any company that wants to pick him up. And I can't believe it. It really is. That was one of the bigger ones that kind of hit me like, what? Are you kidding me? Why? I don't understand that. Oh, man. But it seems like it's, and this is just me talking. It seems like they're just getting rid of all Hunter's guys, you know? Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. And I don't know what's going on there. I really don't. I got my speculations just like everybody else has, but who knows? Who knows? What what do you can say? I mean, I'm, I, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I just feel like every time I open my phone and see a bunch of names written down, I'm like, who, what, why? Like, yeah, I mean, of course, something like a William Regal, again, that's the one that really stands out. I think, you know, having Samoa Joe, you know, releasing him, bringing yeah. him back, releasing him again, it's sort of like, what's mm-hmm. going I just don't, th- I don't think the left arm's talking to the right arm, uh, and I think mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of confusion happening right now um, but a, a lot of really valuable names that are out there and I think that that's a great thing for for professional wrestling right now I mean professional wrestling has never looked better there's never been more opportunities for people um, so yeah. I'm, I'm just excited to see where people where people wind up I can't wait it's an exciting Ellie. time in the business yeah, it definitely is. Well, Dustin, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I'm sure you probably have like an ice bath or something to be in after uh, your match with Sammy no, Guevara. I got, but I can bleach my hair and get on the road. So <laughs> okay, I'm get after it. Get after hey. it, Dustin. Thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us. And um, yeah, I mean, thank- just thanks for everything that you do in professional wrestling. You're the man. Thank you very much. I love you to death. Love Say you hello too. to the baby a kiss. I will. I will. Hopefully I'll see you soon. Yes. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Serious XM Podcasts.